Welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I am Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And we are in the middle of our 80s movies, Jeremy. This is episode 88, or for our British listeners, that's Two Fat Ladies. Window shopping. Two Fat Ladies window shopping, correct? A little bingo term for all our British fans. Uh, We are doing... The 1988 movie Cocoon, The Return, the sequel to, of course, Cocoon, which was uh, 1985. This movie takes place five years later, even though it's three years later in the movie world. So that means that this movie is set in 1990. So everything, I guess, is happening in the future, if you think about it. Or did the other one take place two years before it actually came Or maybe, who knows? Ah, that's very good. Uh, don't know. That's a good question. Um, but this movie stars all of the regulars are are back. Um, so you got Hugh Crone, Jessica Tandy, yes, Wilfred Brimley. Uh, what's his bucket? Can I think of his name right now? The the old guy, Don Don Michi. The other old guy, that one old lady. No, Uh, did I say Jessica Tandy? Gwen Verdon. Yes. Um, Marine Stapleton. Yeah, Tommy G. Wilford Brimley. The Hugh Gooch. Cronin, Jack Guilford. Yeah, Jack. Oh, yeah, he's back. He's back too. Marine the Stapleton. Gooch. Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch. He's joins he's the joins, cast. joins this amazing cast of Tandy three Brim. Academy Award winners. Yes. I think that's everyone I can Marine think Stapleton, um, of. Marine Stapleton, Jessica Tandy, and him Crone have all won yes. Academy Awards. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Don, Don Amici. I don't think who Crone ever won. Don Amici won for the first movie, Cocoon. Best Supporting Actor. So, excuse me. I knew that, Brad. <laughs> How dare you? How dare I? But, it, you know, Hume Crone, who kind of always plays Hume Crone in a way, uh, never won an Academy Award, I guess. So Hume Cronin didn't? Yeah, Hume Cronin. Is it Cronin? Cronin. I'm sorry. I keep saying Hume Cronin. I don't know why. <clears throat> That's weird. Why don't you give us a plot synopsis, Jeremy, of Cocoon the Return? Can I do it right after this message? You can. Okay. So I think we should let everybody know, first, on, first and foremost, that we are proud members of the No Phony Podcast Network. Oh, you know, I always forget that. Even though I'm so proud. <laughs> You're so proud. I always forget about it. Yet I do forget. Uh, so we are proud members of the No Phony Podcast Network. Uh, it's a network, I guess I would describe it as just a little of everything. So uh, we have peop- We have podcasts from all different places uh, in the world. We have podcasts that cover all sorts of different topics. Uh, we have movie podcasts and we have true crime pro- podcasts and a Bible podcast and uh, sports podcast and comedy podcast. Comedy podcasts. Yeah. Po- uh, politics, uh, video gaming, podcasts about po- podcasts. Yeah. Comics, dogs. We got dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Best friend. <clears throat> but this uh, this month, our featured podcast is Heroes Garage. And so Heroes Garage is a comic book themed podcast. Um, It's great. They usually fill me in on what's going on in the world. So uh, I am not as up on the the comic stuff as I used to be. 
Uh, and so they are the ones who usually keep me uh, up to date on what's happening. That's amazing. I love those guys. Yes, me too. So definitely give them a, give them a uh, check out here. You can find all of the No Phony Podcast Network podcasts on nophonynetwork.com. Uh, and they will, uh, you'll see all sorts of little tiles there that you can check in, read more about them. It has links to all the shows and yeah, it's, it's great. Please Do it. Go They're check a great it out. group of people and they, oh, yeah, they support are. us. What's that? I said, oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah. Uh, this movie, Cocoon the Return is streaming on stars. So if you have stars, you can watch Cocoon the Return. IMDb calls this an adventure comedy mystery. I don't know what mystery part they're talking about about this movie. Maybe the, I don't know, the sneaking around. <laughs> sneaking around? I think that's a mystery. Yeah. Sneaking but around. That's more the thriller, thrill action-ness of it. Yeah. Go ahead. Give us a uh, synopsis, <coughs> you would say. All right. So here's what I got. Yeah, go ahead. Five years after the first cocoon, the friendly aliens from the, planals, the planet, oops, Antaria, Return to Earth to rescue some incubation pods, which have been found by a team of scientists. The elderly people, Donna Michi, Wilford Brimley, Hume Cronin, Jessica Tandy, and the like, uh, who left Earth with them, come along to visit with friends and family in Florida. Resuming their old lives proves alluring against the prospect of eternal life on Antaria. Meanwhile, the aliens try to rescue their children with the help of scientist Sarah. Played by Courtney. Cox. I don't think it's help. She didn't help. I know this is really a That's, this is a dumb help. synopsis. None of this is right. So Courtney Cox, we forgot to say, is in this movie as well. Yeah. Um, Courtney Cox did not help. She was one of the scientists that found. Well, no, she does. She in the does in the end, but not you know, not anything to like. She was okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Take the alien. But and this, yeah, no. you know, this is not the only. Uh, Courtney Cox is really kind of good at this role. Because uh, I've seen her play it in other movies too. Oh yeah, like what movie? Are you uh, Zoom. Okay. Uh, Zoom's Academy for Superheroes or whatever it's Man, called. Masters of the Universe. No, she. So she does this. She plays. I like when she plays a scientist. And uh, throughout the movie, uh, the you know military or somebody becomes involved and tries to take control of it and use the scientific discovery sure. for the wrong. Yeah. Uh, and she. Through like turning a blind eye or just willful like you know abandon just helps them escape yeah. usually. So I guess so. I guess she helps. Yeah, but, yeah we'll and so she that. does in the end. She lets them get away. Yeah, she does. Right. Um, a lot of people say, "What's the point of this movie? Why did they come back? We don't know. They don't really give a good explanation why they come yeah, back. Yeah, they, they sure. So okay, no, but so why do they come back? Not not the aliens themselves. Why do the older people come back? They said they wanted to come see their families. Yeah, but that's that's just it. You know, yeah, I, that's I the guess. only reason. That's the only reason. Yeah, I mean, seeing your family is well. I guess isn't that kind of the draw of yeah a lot of things? Uh, I don't know. Depends on that. Speaking of that, this movie did come out during Thanksgiving in 1988. So. That was a things. Imagine that. Like they were like, uh, "What are your choices for movies for Thanksgiving?" Uh, Cocoon the Return. You know what I mean? Uh, like I don't know. Like this movie. Have you seen the first one? Right, long time ago. I did. Uh, gosh, yeah, it's been a long, long. It's time. It's been forever ago for me. <clears throat> and I and I've so actually I, seen this one more. For me, I I 
don't think I've seen either of these since the 80s or early 90s. I've seen this one more. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it that many times. No. So this movie starts off uh, with, um, you would say, kind of a teaser, don't you think, in a way? With uh, Barrett Oliver. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, what the f- did we, did we not watch about? the same movie? Yeah, we did. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Um, so at the very beginning of the movie... Uh, we see like oh, we see um, Bernie. He's at the hospital, or no? He's at like a retirement home. Yes, that's how it starts. And and he's, he's like, like weaving. He's doing like a basket weaving class. And he's just missing. You no, know, it's a uh, rug weaving. Yeah, well, whatever it is, he's yeah. missing Rose. You know, his wife. Yes, you know, and he's missing his friends, and um, he uh, he decides that uh, life's really not worth living, so he. Uh, within the first five minutes of the movie, decides that he wants to commit suicide. Yeah. So it's an uplifting movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. So uh, he tries to attempt suicide, and then um, the door knocks, and it's his friends, and it's uh, Domenici and uh, Jessica Tandy and all them folks. Yep. And uh, they're... They're there, and um, they decide to not tell him that they're only going to be there for just a short amount of time. Which, that short amount of time is a debatable feat. There's a right. lot we'll that happens. That. And like, Meanwhile, um, we see uh, Barrett Oliver <clears throat> yeah. the, from the first movie. Barrett Oliver, obviously, is from um, the original uh, never-ending story. Correct. <clears throat> Sebastian. And uh, he was in the first movie, and he is doing his homework on the bed. Yeah. And the t- I guess these aliens can control technology in a way. Apparently they Apparently can. Apparently they can. If I, I don't think anybody. Correctly. So he, the, the, he shuts off the TV because his mom comes in. And uh, the, the, you're not watching TV, are you? And the, he goes, no. And then the TV shuts off. And it turns back on, shuts off, turns back on. And then... It kind of goes, you know, like the end of uh, back in the day when like it was the end of broadcast, and uh, Wilford Bremley's character shows up because that's his grandfather. Yeah, yeah. And he says, "We're coming back." And he says, "Well, what am I going to tell? Uh, you know, my mom. Mom's going to freak. Mom's going to freak. Yeah, tell her the truth. Yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> yeah, Wilford Brimley. I I guess like." Uh, I think their kid, Wilford Brimley and um, Marine Stapleton. Marine Stapleton's son was his father. But <coughs> okay. He's, he died. Okay. And uh, so, you know, uh, Wilford Brimley was just kind of the right. uh, male Surrogate role model male in his life. Yeah. So uh, they're at the kitchen table and he says, no, they they went to an alien planet. <clears throat> well, after after they cut away from that, isn't that when the movies start? Like the well, no, no. credits? Yeah, roll? yeah, that's where the credits. He's like, so, we're coming back. Coming back. Diabetes. Says cocoon the return. Diabetes. Diabetes. And all of a sudden the things, yeah. the cocoon or the return title card. But shows. I want to get to this one part because uh, I find it very hilarious what happened. Not what happens, but later on. So it says, tell them the truth about what happened. And she so says, that's ridiculous. They 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 got lost in sea five years ago, and they're they're dead, right? And then the door the doorbell rings, and they go to the door, 
And uh, Wilford Brum was like, oh, surprise, it's us. Yeah. And then she passes out, and we never see her again in the movie. No, I'm, I think she's dead. Never, ever again do we see her. I Oh, no, we don't even see, we we, don't even see her at the we baseball game. We don't even know game. what happened. Well, she, you don't see her at baseball games at all. Yeah, we don't. I'm really do concerned about this woman. She just passed out, and no one cares about her. She's, so she's just in, been laying you know, there for days. You know days. what I mean? She's just been laying on the ground for days. She's been laying on the ground for days with shock. Com- she's comatose. She, oh, comatose. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this movie is really odd to me in the way that it's very... How it's edited to me is very disjointed. Did you find it was very kind of all over the place? Yeah. No, I, I definitely did. And... um it was <clears throat> it was like there was multiple stories going on, which is fine. Um, but like a lot of the motivations for stuff just seemed awkward to me. Well, the, and, the original one was 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 directed by Ron Howard. Yeah, and I feel like this one was directed by the Dan, Daniel Petrie or Petrie. Yeah, I think he just wanted to do kind of a carbon copy of that in yeah. a way. So he has like the guys <clears throat> in the movie. They jump high up in the air a lot they're like woohoo they're they, flipping they fly kind of sometimes Sometimes i don't know what yeah and then they um they go to the beach with bernie and of course bernie the whole time's like oh, oh i don't want to be here like all bernie like he's bernie, curmudgeon-y. Like bernie he's curmudgeon <laughs> so um and they're playing like volleyball with like they're like throwing the volleyball back and forth with these like scantily clad like 20 year old bikini babes yeah and i'm like who wrote this yeah they they were uh, this movie it's odd because he's like uh at one point they're like "Ooh, that's who i want to see and you see these girls like running into the water and they're like what they need is a little bit of mature like you know mature interaction said every creepy guy ever. Every creepy guy. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter how old you are, especially when you're older. I don't think 20-year-old women want to be hanging out with 70-year-old men at the beach. No matter how like strong they are or they can pass the ball around yeah. and keep up with them, I don't think that that's their ideal. No, and they. this was obviously written by uh, a guy and probably an older guy, um, <laughs> Don Barnhart. Yes, by Don Barnhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is like the girls are like, oh, <laughs> you know, right. they're they're just like so into these older guys because they're smooth right. and whatever. And I'm like, uh huh. This is how this is how 80s this movie is. And when I mean 80s, I mean how kind of it's just it drives me nuts. You know, they're showing them doing youthful things. Yeah. Right? So they're playing basketball or they're playing whatever. Right. The women are always like, we're shopping. Yes. That's yeah. all like their montages. Yeah. Is like, we're doing the pretty woman thing. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I don't even think this is an 80s deal. This I don't is, even think this it is movie is thing, but This movie is geared just towards the forgotten generation. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because so like now you see movies, so like we see like, was it Wild Hogs and like uh, Wild oh, Hogs? Set, like it was kind of trying to get the baby boomers. Yeah, yeah. and you, Wild Hogs, you get like what was it? Vegas Vacation or not Vegas Vacation? Vegas. 
Last Trip to Vegas or whatever no, it is. No, I have no idea what the movie is. What is that movie? What, The Last Trip to Vegas? Yeah, I have no idea what the movie uh, you're talking about is. <laughs> Let me find it real quick. Uh, but, but I know what is, Wild Hogs is. Right, so Wild Hogs is one of them. But, you know, it's these guys who are like, we have our other life stuff happening. So if it wasn't for Cocoon, we wouldn't have Wild do- uh, Wild yeah. Hogs. That's what you're saying. Or are you just saying... No, like, no, no. I'm just saying that there's these type of movies. Like, right. Last Vegas was what it was called. <laughs> what movie is that? The, uh, is it was a 2013 movie uh, directed by John Turtletob. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, Michael Douglas, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Klein, and Mary Steenburgen. Oh my God, a that bunch sounds of, like Cocoon 3. Right? It's a bunch That's of... That's the ba- cast of Cocoon 3. It's a bunch of baby boomers who go to yeah. have one last trip in Las Vegas... Oh, that's Cocoon. Yeah, I mean, and think about think about Red, the movie Red and right, Red that's Two. That's true. It's a it's a bunch of like aging baby boomers who kick ass, kick ass. Yeah, and so Cocoon really isn't is that, that precursor different. of that. Yeah, I mean it's the same kind of general thing. And this was not the only movie to do this kind of a thing. Um, but you have this where they're like, see. Older people, you're youthful and whatever. It seems so odd that, like, as moviegoers, we flocked to the movies to go see old people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in, the, in 1985, like, that was a hit thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that seems just seems so odd to me. Well, but, okay, so... But I guess you're right, because that, that generation was probably still, you know, kicking and doing stuff. Yeah, well, think about it. Like, you have, uh, you know, they were in the 80s. Yeah. They were, I mean... Think of it comparatively to our parents. Like, yeah, I mean, you got to think about thirty. You know, years. like yeah. they were, you know, thirty years ago. Yeah, they were what, like in their sixties, fifties, sixties, right? Where the baby boomers are now, and so they're they, probably they trying they to want, capitalize on that. Yeah, they want yeah. to like they they don't feel like they're at the you know they're not like well we're gonna settle down and be old people and just sure shrivel into you know oblivion. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, no, there's still life in us. And so they feel these things. And this movie kind of brings that out just like these other ones do. So, I mean, shit, uh, uh, we're no different. Our generation is no different. No, and I think that's why we get a lot of time machine. Well, yeah, it's a hot top time machine. Or like reboots from the from the 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Think about it. A bunch of, bunch of Gen Xers yeah. go back in time and relive their... True. And relive their glory days. days. And yeah. then there's there's one millennial voice that's along there True. who is complaining about True. stuff, trying to give them be logical, so and that's they like, just call him an that's asshole. That's like the Gutenberg character. Yeah. Oh my god. This, this has been going yes. on forever. Yeah. And I guarantee it's probably been a long oh, yeah. it's probably been there before that. Can we talk about my favorite scene of the movie? And that that is the basketball scene. Let me tell you, this basketball scene. <laughs> Is my favorite <laughs> yes, we could definitely talk about the, the basketball movie. scene. So they're eating like chili dogs you know, on the park bench, or something with copious amounts of ketchup something because, because they're old and they can, but but they've you know not been aging. And by the way, they're on Earth, so they're aging, you know, while they're on there. So um, a basketball hits hits their table and goes all over their chili dog, whatever the fuck it was. And some guys are like, hey, and they're like, hey, watch it. Watch it with your basketball. And they're like, you got a problem? Like, this is like the only time I swear, like, it, they cuss in the movie. They're like, 
well, uh, what's wrong with that? Blah, blah, blah. And he says something like shit or something. Yeah. And I thought that escalated so quickly. Yeah. And then Wilford Brumley goes, I'll bet you $10 that we can score more points against you than you us. And I was like, Dem's 80s money, man. <laughs> $10 in the 80s got you far. So I'm sure like that was a good bet. But now it is like, oh, great. Thanks. Wow. Two gallons of gasoline. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's not worth me to, it's not worth You're it like, for me to run across the court for $10. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but you did name them, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, we were. We I think we had some. Yeah, I think we named stuff. them the eighteen seventy six. The the Philadelphia eighteen seventy six seventeen seventy sixers. Yes. Uh, yes. The Houston the, rocking chairs. <laughs> the, the, was the pacemakers? <laughs> the right, uh, wasn't it something like that? Yeah, the Grover Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. The, the Sacramento King Georges. <laughs> Sacramento King Georges. <laughs> uh, they're like the Bucks. Is, is yeah. that one of them? The yes. Buck stops here. Uh, the Miami Miami Heat flashes. <laughs> heat flashes. I was gonna say like hot flashes, like heat flashes. <laughs> um. But again, this is one of those moments where it's it's very disjointed because there's like other stuff going on in the movie and it keeps flashing back to the this basketball scene. And I'm like, it's just so you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very edited, very weird. Yeah. And why We spend is, a lot of time on this scene. And what's that? We spend a lot of There's a there is at least a good ten minutes of basketball stuff that I'm just like, I don't remember this basketball scene being in this movie that long. We do not need to. No, nor do and I. They're playing Sweet Georgia Brown. Yes. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, it's uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Right. And there's like two black guys on, you know, the opposing team that I never saw. You know. Yeah, and they're like, they're finally basketball. a bunch of old white guys <laughs> that just showed you what to, showed you what to do. Well, they. But that's what it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was cut with them doing a fashion thing, <coughs> right? The girls, the ladies were going in and doing. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they uh, which they were like, wow, we, you know, we're we're here and there's this fashion stuff and, well, I never you know really had any need for this. I wouldn't even think about buying that. And then they go in there and I'm like, oh, that's not really that. Scandalous. Well, they said well, we could just try it on. Yeah. So they try on clothes. Have fun with have, your wild day, have fun girls. With that wild day is Maureen Stapleton. But I don't know what else they were doing besides that. that they don't really out. focus on the women the, that much. But the guys, yeah, the guys are. Uh, the, the the guys have now gone to the beach. Yeah, uh, creeped on some ladies. Some, some who, ladies who non-realistic challenge guys to a basketball team. Yes, one and of them, one of them got the uh, their wife pregnant at age seventy-two. Well, we find that out coming up. Coming up, yeah. So during the basketball game, they they score one point. The whole time, uh, Bernie uh, is just standing there <laughs> watching everybody else do something. And he's like, what? What do I do? Just like in the, just standing yeah. there. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else is like running and doing all these things. Uh, they score one point and then the other guys start coming back. And pretty soon they start using their powers to do stuff. 
And this is something I was really confused about. I have to add. <laughs> Yeah, right. When they all of a sudden, I was like, "Where did you get powers from?" Mm-hmm. I get when Hume Cronin like jumped over the little wall piece earlier. Yeah, I get that too. But, the but when fl- like the flubber thing, yeah, with Don, Don Amici, Don, Don he grabs the basketball and it goes. Whoop, and he and like you know, it's always the- Tom Amici. It's yeah. always his character that they they, they try to like. Be like, he has the most powers of anyone else. They gave him the most powers because he got an Oscar. Because he got an Oscar for that. And you get an Oscar, Oscar and we'll let you fly, Hugh Speaking Cronin. of Oscar, we, we do need to talk about the fact that they uh, the science center takes one of the cocoons oh. to their lab that yeah. they found. And uh, they open it up. And, of course, you know, if you've never seen Cocoon, the aliens do look like the top of, of the Academy Awards. Kind of. Minus the sword. What did you call it? Like what did you say that they look like the aliens? Poppin' fresh? <laughs> yes. It looked like it looked like a yeah. Pillsbury dough guy. Like a Pillsbury dough, dough guy. Yeah. Or like an Oscar made yeah. of biscuit. And that, <laughs> biscuit and dough. And that subplot is is that the it's at the science center and uh um what's her face? Courtney Cox. Is, yeah, it's well it's an oceanographic center. Yes. They're out looking at like just picking things up from the floor to study yeah. and they find these rocks they realize aren't rocks and they bring them up. Uh, now, all the other cocoons have been picked up. Yeah. Uh, but one got taken. Uh, and I do think this. So I will say what I think was cool was when they get it back to the center and they're examining it, trying to figure out what it is. I think these cocoons look cool. I mean, the cocoon shapes themselves. I yeah. thought was a good practical. Effect. Yes. They always they're look because they, all, they look you. like giant bug pupa kind right. of and so they always look cool right and then the special effects that don't hold up very well well yeah there's that but they uh they start cutting it, or first they scan it and when you scan it uh like do a thermal scan inside of it you see uh right. like a humanoid shape that's kind of moving right. and it to me it reminded me of like an ultrasound yes and I thought that was cool. I think that's a cool effect. I was like, right. nice. Like, I would have liked to see more science things. And through that ultrasound, they said, he looks like a Phil. Yes. And they named it Phil. They did name him Phil. I thought that was weird. Because he, because mm-hmm. when he, they pop well, him out, he looks like, like he's made of phyllo dough. Because these aliens, I don't think, are very are gender neutral. Do you know what I mean? How do you know that's, that's a guy? Yeah, they look like Pit Pat. from the <laughs> show. It, they are very mush-faced no. Just gen- generic. So some other side plots also include that uh, uh, Damamichi, right, gets, yeah. gets uh, his wife pregnant. Yes. So she's like 72 and they're like, congratulations. Like, like the uh, the guy comes out, the doctor comes out, congratulations. This this guy, so this doctor. <laughs> the doctor. This is Dr. Actor. And he was, because seriously, they hired Dr. a guy. Actor. And they're like, do you want to like, I don't know brush up on some medical things before you do this no i've got it i've been i've played a doctor before <laughs> like why and so he's first off he's the doctor who was like she's she's 70 something and pregnant congratulations yes. you got some you got some powerful ball juice yeah like he's instead of like a, okay there's gonna be some complications because she's yeah. 72 years old it's and a probably very high risk pregnant. pregnancy but instead they're like instead he's high like risk of having can't a wait to tell the Guinness world book of records to come here and take a picture of her vajayjay 
so we can get some accreditation in this hospital for finally of the I'm doctor actor of peace out the sad card the <laughs> like, like the the janitor how's it going in here <laughs> sad card attained the guy just has a weird line out of nowhere <laughs> everything going okay in here doctor yes Bye. That's towards the end. We'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, uh, so that's another subplot. There is uh, uh, the plot of the fact uh, that uh, Hume, uh, he has, he had leukemia before. Yes. And so like during the basketball game. Yeah. All of a sudden it just looks like somebody punched him right, right in the abdomen. He like he starts to kind of fall down, but he manages to recover uh, and gets back up. But he knows something's not right. Right. But he keeps playing the game. Uh, because he's got magic because, dispense. Because he's got popping fresh dough alien in him. Yeah, he's, he can he's, do whatever he wants. He's got. I think it's like it's life force or whatever, something like that. Yeah, that they've been absorbing to keep them alive. Yeah. Um. There, uh, and so uh, his uh, his leukemia comes back. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's subplot. Meanwhile, his plot with his wife is that she her, herself uh, was running. Which yeah. I'm like, you know, okay, you're running. You're fine. Jessica well, Tandy's running. And she yeah. she runes across um uh like a, what is it, like a school? Like a preschool? Yeah, it's like a pre it's like a daycare. Like a daycare? But they just have it in a park. Right. I mean just in a park. It's like preschool. Yes. It's like Doctors Without Borders, but preschool it's like preschool <laughs> without, without, without borders. A so they're just they're just always at that park. Yeah. So the, um, one girl like hurts herself, so she uses her powers to like help her. Yeah, she. Right? So she smashes her face, like that's what it looks like. She just puts her hand over her face and it's kind yeah. of like, I got your nose. She like scoops the bump off her head, <laughs> right? So then uh, the the teacher is like, I need to go, uh, uh, you know, put a bandaid on, whatever. Could you watch the kids? And then she ends up telling the kids about the planet. Yeah, and uh, these kids are like enthralled by it. Yeah. And she's done very well with right. the, the kids. Yes. I think like I think all of these almost kind of represent different aspects. So um so uh I guess it'd be uh Ben and uh Ben and Mary, so Marine Stapleton and Wilford Brimley. Yeah. They're the older couple who has kids. Right. So they have grandkids and stuff like well, that that I they mean, look after. They have a, da- a daughter or a daughter-in-law that's on the ground. It's been on the ground since the movie started. They, I'm sure they she... just blasted her with some life force and she was fine. But they just but then scoop she scoop it out but of that her. But that girl, then she didn't ask. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. Barrett, Barrett said that you've yes. been uh, in space for five years. Is this yeah. correct? It's this accurate. It's this accurate? <laughs> um, I just thought you... you get, I, I thought pirates came and took your ship. You get the couple who I don't think had any kids, which was uh, oh, Joe. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah, now. Joe and Alma. I don't think they that ever had sense. kids. And so they were excited to have it. Yes. And, and then she, they got into Lamaze class very easily. Oh, no. So, no, no, no. That Joe and Alma are Hume Cronin oh, and Hume Jessica Cron- Okay, I gotcha. Okay. Um, so in the first movie, uh, it was uh, Art, who was Damamichi, okay. had been single forever. Oh, that's right. And, and he, then before they left, he uh, he married Bess. 
That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. And so he was like the guy who was single. They were the people who were single forever. Oh, I got you. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. And so, so like, it's like that's the Bernie character this this time around. So kind of in a way. The, and the, the Bernie uh, character is the the character who right. lost his wife and now is alone. Right. And Elaine Stritch. Yeah. Is is the you know yeah, the his girlfriend. Yeah. I said that Elaine Stritch, uh, she had great costumes in this, by the way. Yeah. She looked like Lady Bunny, uh, who's a drag <laughs> queen. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, so uh, there are all these different points. So like uh, the Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy storyline, he's sick. He finds out the leukemia's back. Uh, she is just in, just loves watching these kids. And actually, the lady at the... Uh, the lady daycare? at the daycare, daycare without borders, quote, quote unquote daycare, uh, <laughs> sketchy daycare. The the park daycare uh, says like I would love to have you on right. board and offered her a job, offers her a job. Yeah, and when she goes home and tells Hume Cronin about it, he was just like, "We're gonna be leaving again soon." Yeah, and she's like, "I just kind of wanted something for myself for once. Nobody's ever offered me a job before, but." I'll just call and tell her and, and this and this and kind of is yeah. defeated by that. Um, Did you ever notice like Jessica uh, Tanny wears that same smock and like every like that's the same smock as where she wore and batteries not included. Does she wear like kind of a smock kind of thing? Anyway, I don't think so. We'll go. We'll go for it. <laughs> so and then also uh, the characters that were pregnant, Dom and Michi and yeah, Bess and, and Bess and yeah. Art. They easily got into a Lamaze class. I mean, just signed up and easily got through something that could have been, you know, that you would have to book way in advance. Yes. Meanwhile, I thought they only had three days on this planet. <laughs> it seems like a month. There's so much going on that I do not know the time frame of what's going on. Well, he says we have a few days. A and few, later on. A few days. It's been like a month, it seems like. Later on. Uh, well, later on, they say they had five days. Yeah. But, like, all of this crazy shit has happened in, like, three. Oh, I, I, you, you said it was one. <laughs> I mean, it well, felt like I, it. There's, it's hard to keep track of the time yeah. because it's very, like, Disjointed. it's not very linear. No. It's it's pretty awkward and not, like, not, not in a good way. Right. Like, I'm fine with a movie that doesn't have a linear storytelling, but, like, this is just, I think right. it... it hamstrings it a little bit so now don't forget there's a subplot too with the uh, goop? yeah steve gutenberg yeah and that's what I was, uh, I was gonna i was gonna say yeah. okay go ahead it was steve gutenberg and sue no kitty kitty yeah uh and so kitty was like the assistant alien from the first one right who assisted who, uh, who Brian had whatever spinny ball energy sex with him in the first one. <laughs> uh, spinny ball sex energy yeah where it was the she passed her energy through him or something right. like that. So um, he sees her again in this one. He's trying to help her get everything back, and uh, it's weird. Like they, uh, at one point, he's like, uh, "We should do that again," and she's like, "Cool, let's go to your bedroom." And he's like, "No, no, no! Like we should go on an actual date, like romance." And she's like, "Okay." So they go to a restaurant. First of all, way to keep a classy goot. Yeah. The goot, that's class move um, right there. I got to tell you, not a big fan of his character in these movies. No, me either. Because he seems he seems sleazy, but like at a superficial level of sleazy. 
not even that. It's, it's not even it's like, like he's supposed to be that guy who you're like, you're a scoundrel, but a lovable scoundrel. I don't even think he's lovable. I don't think he's hateable. I just think he's one dimension. Yeah. Like all the yes, whole movie. I, exactly. I would completely and I'm agree. like, come on, Goot. Yeah. Um, but so uh, they go to dinner and there's this whole awkward thing where they're like, okay, we're at a restaurant. Uh, yeah, it's he, like a fancy restaurant. He doesn't know where what kind of food it is, even though they just ordered something. They couldn't yeah. read whatever it was. And uh, they start eating, and she is just like... What, what do you mean he didn't know? I mean, I know he said that, but it's not like, so what do you want for dinner? Um, I don't know, so let's go to that restaurant where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't know whether it's French. He goes, oh, bonjour, it's a French place. And she's like, well, what is this food? And he goes, it's um, bon appetit. French food, just French food. Yeah, because yeah. the guy, they said bon appetit when they put yeah. it down. And he's like, oh, it's bon appetit. So It's everyone's favorite French restaurant, <laughs> bon appetit. Generic French whatever. We don't have to say more than a few words. <laughs> uh, and later, like, when he's trying to get the waiter, he gives, he's like, he keeps also saying Spanish things at them. And they're like, because we're supposed to get, he doesn't know what's happening. It's not his scene. It, it doesn't work. No, it's so awkward. It does not work. Like later he's like, oh, Garcon, senor. <laughs> like instead of Garcon and like he's calling him senor. Like just like, oh, you are trying way hard. With this There's character. like only one scene that really works for me in this movie. But well, that's besides the point. So. Uh, of his. Yeah. So then she is like, she's like. I'm gonna. I want to rub this food all over your body, and he's like, "What? What? Okay." And it's like she flings food at him, and then uh, she's acting weird. And he goes, "Oh my god!" He's like, "You're like drunk on this." He's like, "You're having some sort of bad reaction with the food," which I think could have been an interesting, again, an interesting thing to pursue, and to be like, "Oh my gosh, what are the effects?" Or like of these have other that things? come back. Yes. As a plot, something to help. Well, like you could have, but she's drunk, and then you guys get out of there while she sobers up or whatever it is. Like you could have talked, and so we could instead have, she we could have learned more about each other. Her sex, whatever ball thing comes out. Well, again. she he's trying to get the food away from her. She finally lets go. It flings across the the wall, almost hits a, a bunch of people, and then. Uh, then she just like starts hovering, glowing, and shoots her sex spin ball out at people. And like it's bouncing around and it hits like at one point it hits a guy in the face. And I'm just like, is that like it, it just seems awkward to me. Like, no, it's very awkward. Like because you know that that's sexual whatever. And like this unwitting person got caught in the crossfire. It's very and awkward. It, also, like. No one reported this to the news, and that's no. not on the news. And then the the science lab didn't go, well, that's kind of interesting because it kind of reminds me of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, none of that? Okay. Yeah. Instead, no. Goot was all like, I was thinking the, the cops were going to show up the next day. Yeah. He deflects it with a, with a uh, what do you call it? Uh, a tray. Tray. Yeah. yeah something. Thank you. So, uh, can we talk about my second favorite scene in the whole movie? Coming up here. Um, so Jessica Tandy decides that she's going to, at least for the time that she's here, uh, you know, work for that uh, place without borders. Yeah. Daycare without borders. <laughs> the daycare without borders. So the kids are playing like kickball or something. Yeah. Right. 
And one of the kids kicks it out and he starts running and he kicks it out on the street. Yeah. And he starts running for the ball. And she's like, Tony, Tony, come back to me. Oh, it was Anthony. Sorry. Anthony. Anthony in her kind of British. You know what would have helped there? Borders. Borders. Walls. Would have helped. So would have helped right. that ball wall, from going into the street. A wall should have been no. So she uh, runs out to uh, to save him, and then gets hit by a car herself. Yeah, she shoves him out of the way. And what do I always say during this movie when that happens? That's like driving into Miss Daisy. <laughs> Just an amazing joke. Done. You're welcome. You can. You can do. You can do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> You were just talking through all this to get to that point. Yes. Yeah. Because that's a great joke. <laughs> and so she, like, so the next thing is they're in the hospital. Yes. And Mr. Doctor Actor, I swear yeah. it's the same doctor. Uh, yeah, it is. Says she's, uh, she's comma toast. It's <laughs> <laughs> we just like, what? I was like, what the hell is comma toast? It's where you. Is that where you spread commas on toast or it's, what? It's where you put too many or not enough commas in your punctuation. <laughs> so she's comma toast. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, Hume comes in and uh, and you were like, why doesn't he just give her, you know, the her, the energy, like yeah. save her? Well, it's and it's she's pretty badly injured. Like she's right. barely hanging on. And so I think what... Uh, and so am I while watching this movie. <laughs> you know, he is also losing the life force. And I think really it comes down to the fact like he's either got enough to keep himself running or to keep her running. Like they have so little between them. And so uh, he, you know, he talks about it. He's like, I've been, I've been selfish and I've been whatever, you know, uh, like where she wanted that job and he was just like, no, it's this. And apparently it's been like that always. So he gives her the energy. He doesn't have any more left because yeah. of the leukemia and ends up passing away on Earth. Yeah. He, and it's it's a sad scene. It's a sad scene. I You know what? I get sad every time like I watch something with the two of them together because I'm always like, oh, God, like. When there's a touching moment or something like this, especially. Well, your favorite movie is Bat- Batteries Not Included, correct? Not my, it's not my favorite, but no, I do love it. Movie. You love that I movie. love Batteries Not Included. Just admit it. I do. You watch it every day. All the time. I catch you watching it all the time. All the time. It's Found true. it for two bucks at, at so, Half um, Price Books. <laughs> so they're mourning him and then, they, then they're like, uh, we have to break out Philip <laughs> or Phil. Phil. Yeah. Phil. They don't know that they named it Phil, yeah. but we got to break out the the, the, the alien. alien. Yeah, yeah. So they make a plan to uh, break him out. They say good their goodbyes. Yeah. So they say goodbye to Barrett, and don't say goodbye to the mother because she's no longer and she's not with us, us. No, for some reason. And um, they they head to the marine biology center, whatever. Yes. It is, whatever. Well, and so the aliens stay behind, with the exception of uh, Kitty. Yeah. The other ones who have right. whatever abilities, right. you know. Uh, but then the, uh, so it's uh, Damamichi and Wilford Wilfer Brimley and her. Yeah. And they get there. Basically, they. Uh, they sneak in. 
they they know where a guy is getting food apparently. Right, evidently. Yeah, so they they watch in a creepy him. military van. Yes. Well, they think they follow his truck. Right. By this point, they've shown the scientific I don't know how discovery. They knew like that guy was going to do that. And they were like, "Hey, let's just do that." That's I how think we're they doing. were just waiting for him to stop somewhere to okay. get in. Gotcha. Um, but they've they followed um like or back when uh they were showing their discoveries with Phil one of the places they invited was the Air Force. Uh, and so the Air Force was like, excellent work, oceanogra- oceanographic doctor. We're going to use this as a weapon. Yeah. We're going to take it from here. Yeah, of course. And Courtney Cox is like, why? why? You know, discovery. Every time yeah. that you bring the military in, this is what they want to do. Yeah. Have you learned anything? Yeah. Anything, Courtney Cox. Uh, so thank you for being a friend, <laughs> cranky Monica. Oh, cranky Monica. Uh, so he, uh, so the military's now there, which is why they're like, "Uh oh, what's going on?" So they wait till the guy parks somewhere. He's getting dinner. Uh, Wilford Brimley, Donamichi, and uh, what's her bucket? Uh, Kitty crawl into the truck and hide there, and then they head back to oh. uh, where they're supposed yeah. to be now. Turns out Barrett Oliver also uh, followed his grandpa, and once they leave, he gets in the car that they drove there and follows it along. He just drives it slowly into a pole outside. When they go to check it out, he just walks into the the military protected base. Easy to do. Easy to do. There you go. This is before 9 11. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get. It was a lot easier back then. Yeah. Um, and so inside comes all the hijinks where oh they're, my God, this is so great. They, okay. So they sneak in dressed as like Florida retirees, like oh. wearing white fedoras. Oh, I'm sorry. He's wearing a white fedora. Don, Don Michi's wearing like pink pants. Yeah. You are not like, you know, disguising yourself from anyone. Yes. You know, wear camo, wear something. Yeah. You know, wear just black clothing. You're breaking. Yeah. You're breaking into a military complex, you know, not <laughs> not into a cheeseburgers of paradise. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, calm down. It's very true. <laughs> they look like they they arm themselves with shuffleboard oh. sticks. And, yes. It yeah. looks like they're, they're, they're headed to, you know, a cruise, yeah. like a cruise ship. And so they, they get inside and then they put on like doctor costumes <laughs> and like, uh, one of them is, uh, Donamichi's a security guard yeah. or something. They ran out of doctor costumes. Yeah. Uh, and so they head their separate ways down Donamichi and the one gal, Make it to like she goes into a closet, uh, and her energy form or like oh alien God. form comes out, which means that her skin comes off. Her like her skin just goes black, black, falls on the ground, and you get the face and everything, uh, and she just like starts flying. Yeah, like events. those what characters, those weird characters on like Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, that like then they, they they peel them their face. Oh off. yeah, 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 whatever. Um, and then uh. So Donovichi's just still working around. He's trying to get to the to the electricity uh, or to the power. Uh, Wilford Brimley gets to like he's doing something in the lab, getting like a syringe, like getting the blood samples or whatever it sure, is. I think so. Yeah. And that's when the 
janitor, the janitor from guy. a door like way oh. down the hall is like, hey, doctor, oh, hey, you're doctor. here awfully late. You're here, here, here late. Sure am. And the guy still like, had some work to do. And he goes, uh-huh. And you figure he's going to say something else because you see him in the background. But nope. Into nope, that, just, and I turned to you and said, "Sag card." Yeah, <laughs> he earned his sag card. You right earned there. that. You earned it, buddy. Yes. Um. And so that gentleman was George Clooney. No, <laughs> it, it wasn't. But so when uh when he gets in place, uh, when Wilford Brimley gets in place, Don Amici shuts off the power. They go in there and they grab uh, Pop and Fresh. And uh, the lights come back on and they're gone. So they're like, what? Where'd he go? And so they're chasing after him, trying to figure out where he went. Don Amici is a security guard, which I'm sorry, your 80 year old security guard <laughs> was like, I think he went this way. Come on. And they run and you see Kitty's alien form just flying down the hall. That's what I mean. They're like, Phil, Phil. So yeah. you don't know. How dare you assume my How gender? How dare you assume sex? And you're so racist with those aliens. <laughs> so uh, so they chase him. And while they're all distracted, then Wilford Brimley comes out with Poppin' Fresh and starts uh, running away. Uh, they all meet back up and go to escape. And Courtney Cox sees them and is like, stop, what are you doing? And they're like, trying to save my friend. And so then she lets them go. And when they are like, did yeah. you see anybody? She's like, nope. Now I'm going to pause you there for a second because we also forgot a scene in the movie where um, the one lady who... Uh, oh, Kitty. Steve, where she, Kitty uh, shows Steve Gutenberg his future. Yes. And um, his future is a big freaking house. Yes. And uh, he's got like two kids. Oh, he's got like... Uh, two or three kids? Yeah, something like that. Something like a that. A bunch and, of kids. And a wife who he can't see the face, but he can see a heart birthmark. A heart-shaped birthmark. A heart-shaped birthmark. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I procrastinate so much I got a birthmark when I was five. <laughs> That's an old joke. Go I ahead. know. Um, so later on, so he sees this, you know, all of this stuff, like his future and it's really weird. All the ladies are dressed with these like bonnets and like yeah. white linen dresses. So your future is the fifties? <laughs> I don't understand what that was. Again, written by some old guy. Yeah, was some old guy. Yeah. Um so uh of course later on she ends up leaving Courtney Cox leaves her job. Uh and when she does, she runs out of gas and ends up uh by the Goots boat stand. And he's like, "Oh, I can, uh, I can help you." And so he, uh, yeah. So he uh, he meets her, and then oh, he it's sees cold the out. it's cold out. Yeah, he gives oh, her her my jacket. Manners. Here, here's my coat. And then when she puts the coat on, he sees that Corny Cox has the heart shaped uh, birthmark. Can I say this is the only scene that I was okay with Steve Gutenberg acting? Opposite yes, of, was that one. So meanwhile, back to the escape, um, they do uh, eventually get Pop and Fresh to go back onto the, the, the ship, and uh, they are ready to, to go. But Wilford Bremley and Maureen Stapleton decide that they are not going to go with them. Yeah. They say that, no, we're going to stay here because we don't want to outlive our kids. Yep. 
Um, and uh, Jessica Tandy wants to wants to stay behind. Yep. Because, uh, well, you know, her husband died and she has a job. Yeah. With, uh, you know, daycare without borders. Yes. So she's set for life because they pay great. <laughs> uh, so she's awesome there. And Bernie still isn't and going. Bernie's not going, you know, because he's going to run for president of the United States. Is this <laughs> Bernie Sanders? Is this Bernie Sanders? Oh, no. This guy's way younger than Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so, so in comes my favorite cameo of any movie ever. Yes. So uh, the ship, the, the, the spaceship comes, comes, and then there's a big light that comes down. Yeah. And zoom, boom. Here comes Brian Dennehy from the first movie. Who I don't know if Brian Dennehy's character just always dresses like the Vandy Camps guy. But it's really important to be prepared when you're coming down from... You don't know if you're coming down from a spaceship. You don't know if you're going to land in the water. Right. So it's good to know that you're going to have a red, like a you know, yellow slicker on. Yeah. So kudos to you for that one. Yeah. And when he showed up, we were like, Brian fucking Dennehy. Brian fucking Dennehy. Brian fucking Dennehy. You are the bomb, Brian fucking Dennehy. Yeah. And he so says, time to go. Wink, wink. Yeah, and then good, brings good them work all here, up. Kitty. Yeah. And, and then we have the whole uh, the scene at the end. He has a, this touching thing with yeah. Wilford Brimley where like yeah. Wilford Brimley, uh, who was uh, that generation's Ron Swanson. Um, <laughs> he really is. You know, that is true. He also looks like TikTok from Return to Oz. But that's he does. Just, I'm just TikTok saying that because I said that. have the yeah. diabetes. Diabetes. Diabetes, Dorothy. Um, so. Then that touching moment where he says, you know, you know, make sure you check your blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your blood strips. Yes. Yeah. Do Brian Dennis says, e- yes. Eat your Quaker oats. <laughs> eat your Quaker oats. Um, Sponsored by Quaker oats. And, by the way, <laughs> he's like, please don't endorse cockfighting. And Wilford Brimley says, no deal. Okay, so you read that to me. In real life, Wilfred Brimley endorses like uh, gambling. Well, okay, like so horse he, racing and cockfighting. Well, so he paid his own money to put up ads oh, to get money. horse racing to uh, Salt Lake City, and How I much? I read that and I thought, okay, horse racing, whatever. Wait, like, oats fine. money, yo. Well, yeah, it's fine. Like it's horse racing. Um, you know, I get there's people who. Right. Don't like that and advocate against it and, and all this stuff or oppose it. And I get that. You know, it does not personally bother me. Um, but then he was like, uh, then it was like, he also has opposed legislation against cockfighting in like New Mexico and Arizona or something. And I went, yeah. what? Like, he's like, no, we should be able to, you should be able to strap blades onto a rooster's feet and have them kill each other. It's like it's crazy. Oh my god. Should we do our final thoughts about this movie? Um yeah. Okay. I mean this movie's a little harder for me because I feel like this the sequel was pointless. I think I don't think you needed a, a sequel for this, but what a delightful pointlessness it is. Do you know what I mean? It's like there was no rhyme or reason for for this movie to be made, but the heart of it comes through still, and it's quite kind of charming in that way. Having said that, like the 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 editing is just really choppy, and the story is just not flushed out the way it should be. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, why not have a third one? You got Goot and Bremley still alive, and you could do the whole instead of uh, the Greatest Generation. You have like the whole um, Baby Boomers and you know Gen Xs and, and all that generation, and, and do that. So I say, you know, we might as well keep going with this movie. And you can get Barrett Oliver back. You can get him. Barrett Oliver. He could scare the living shit out he of you. He can look like he's from Battlefleet, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> All right, so. Seriously, go on to Google and, and Google what Barrett Oliver looks like nowadays. Ooh. And then you can thank me later. Yeah. Well, we can put it up for you, too. Okay. Um, so my thoughts on the film. Um this is another one of those movies where I don't think they really needed to come in and make a sequel to it. Like, I think the first movie left off well enough where it should be. Like, I don't think they needed to go down this road. Uh, I think this movie is full of kind of storytelling flaws. I think they, they jump around too much. They focus on, uh, the ability of these people to just like run and jump and be goofy. Like, you know, like they're like they're being kids again. Um, but I think that they missed out on good like story opportunities. There was a lot with uh, you had with uh, between Elaine Stritch and Jack Guilford. Uh, Jack Guilford's guilt over like his deceased wife and now meeting this new person. Uh, and you got the relationship piece there, but we don't really deal with the fact that her husband has also died and her helping him through a process that she presumably has already been through. Yeah, I feel like this is his movie. And yeah. Why is it his movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't, it shouldn't be his movie. Yeah. But in a way it kind of, it, that's the whole charming part of it. Right. Well, and that I was going to say, so there's, there's that we focus too much on these other things. I mean, it's it just seems like a little bit of tone deaf writing here and there, and and the way it was written and put together just is so almost like haphazard in certain ways or kind of disjointed. But regardless of all those things, this is not a movie that I would say that you need to avoid or shy away from. Oh, I agree. Like that. Don't shy I think away from there this is movie. still. I think you're right. I think. Regardless of all these other missteps and flaws, there is still some heart to it. And this is something where, you know, you'll come away still feeling good, even though that even though it's not necessarily the best constructed movie. Um, I think there's good elements to it. I also thought it was fun how they ended it. I mean, you knew that that premonition was going to come back. Yes. But uh, and you knew and you kind of know it's going to be Courtney Cox in a way because yeah. she's the only other female character yeah that's his age well i think they you know purposely I mean? did that because kitty from the the right. back with the dark hair right. looks similar to right yeah. right exactly right yeah but i thought like that's kind of fun how they ended it and, and yeah. um like you said i don't think you should avoid this movie at no all. like if this movie's on or you know hey I, okay well i'll just watch it yeah sure fine and you could be, there's entertaining moments of this movie. There are, there are. You know, I just feel like as a whole, this movie is lackluster and it's, you know, there really is no reason for it. It just, it there's showed none. up. It's just a product. It's not like, 
But there's no like to say like um, to say like they're grabbing money. There's no. It's not like people are, are going out and getting cocoon the return lunch boxes with Wilford Brumby's face on it. But that's not who it was geared toward. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's true too. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you're right. Yeah. And people like feel good movies during the holidays, and that's what this movie was. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a fact, and like, let's just be, let's let's call it for what it is. They don't make movies like that anymore. They don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a shame that they don't make, you know, a lot of, because a lot of movies aren't, you don't feel that tremendous after you come out of the movie. But I swear, after you get done watching this, you'll go, you'll put a smile on you. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if I were to to say two words to describe this movie, I I want to say pointless sequel, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just pointless, heartfelt because it was pointless, but it was heartfelt at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems so odd to say it like that. Yeah, most times you get like movies where you're like. What was the point of this? But you get nothing from it. Yeah. But you are actually getting something from this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I almost would say uh, watered down. It yeah, was like, kind of. It's way. like a watered down version of the first one in a way. Like, I mean, it's obviously a different story and different things are happening, but it's like trying to recapture a magic that it just doesn't recapture it quite as well the second time. So, do you do you think they should reboot this at all? Um, People clamoring on to this some more <laughs> cocoon that story. Well, I mean, like, okay, so you wouldn't know what happened to Don Amici. Um, although, like, we we do a lot with you know uh, CG these days. <laughs> we just bring him back. Um, yeah, I mean, part of me does, but you'd have to do it just right, like. Okay, uh, Don Amici and what's her bucket's kid and Bess's kid um, come back from okay. the planet. But the reason why I don't think that works is because there's that one. Okay, so Jessica Tandy says, like in the movie, it's a planet where no one ever ages. Okay, so if they're giving birth to that kid on that planet, that kid's just a kid, right? Forever. The kid should be just a baby forever. Well, we right? don't know what kind of technology. They might grow them up to mm, a certain age. Yeah, that's true. We don't know that. Yeah. But like to me, I'm or like, they may age more slowly. Yeah, you know, or she just she's just <laughs> pregnant the whole time. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen. You'll but, never give birth. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it'd be interesting. Like you could totally do that. Say the kid comes back, and now like Wilford Brimley. Uh, the goot and whoever is like helping acclimate that. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Or maybe um, it's like, it's like Courtney Cox. They got divorced or whatever. They have a kid, you know, that yeah. way you don't have to have Courtney Cox because they doubt she's going to do cocoon three. What right? else is she doing right now? Uh, I don't know. Producing television shows, but anyway, she could be in it or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, it could be like maybe their kid helps them. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like there could be a generational thing. Goot's here. kid helps yeah. the old people's kid. Yeah. And I'll tell Bar- you what, the, the thing Baron did- Oliver just looms <laughs> in the bushes. The one thing about this movie that does kind of resonate with me is like the whole fact that like it, it wrestles with the whole idea of like you're going to of losing a loved one, right? Yeah. 
So it's like losing someone that you've known for for most of your life, if not 30, 40, 50 some years. Yeah. And how do you, you know, get past that? Yeah. Because in a way, maybe the first movie, they just didn't want to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. this movie, maybe they dealt with that. Or they got to because they, they experienced utopia in a way. So in a way, maybe that's why this movie was made. I don't know. Yeah. You know, to have that conundrum of, of uh, or questioning of like, you know, how Wilford Bramley's character and, and Maureen Stapleton's are like, we should we should not live our kids. Yeah. So I don't know. Like maybe that's why it's there because, you, you know, uh, Jessica Tandy loses her husband and there's that emotional scene where she breaks down. But that's what I mean by the heartfelt thing. Like that's what gets me because I'm just like you know I don't know, I don't know if I lose like when when I lose you or you lose me I'm like ah oh, that's gotta be like heartbreaking yeah. I don't want to even think about that right. I just want to go to a utopia place up in the sky yeah where aliens look like golden globes well right? but but part of that is you know they have to give up everything in exchange for that yeah. That's true you don't get do. to participate in your family's lives anymore. Yeah. You don't get to do all these other things. Mm, sounds good. Let's go. To, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so it's it's an interesting conundrum. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. That's yeah. the only thing that I really got from this movie. I don't know what you got from this movie. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like you should have left it with the first one. Yeah. Honestly, I also felt like Goot was phoning it in. Yes. Like big time. But yeah. that's just me. All right, Jeremy, where can people find the Deuce Podcast? Uh, so you can find us at thedeucepodcast.podbean.com uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, a lot of those podcatchers. Yeah. Um, Podcast. You can also find us at uh, nophonynetwork.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us... Uh, on Twitter, so Twitter. our Twitter handle, it, what, what was that? Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, so you can our Twitter handle is Deuce Podcast, right? At Deuce Podcast. What are we doing next? We are doing another movie. We're doing Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee two. Is there a hy- like hyphen without? I feel like there should. Yeah, be. no, there is. It's like um, in the in the city, Crocodile Dundee two, something like that. Yeah, hold on. Dundeer. Dundeer? Yeah, Dundeer. Crocodile Dundee 2 Dunder Mifflin. Crocodile Dundee 2. Oh, no, maybe it isn't. I'm thinking of the third one. There's a third Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, shit, there is. It came out, like, really later, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Crocodile Dundee 2 came out in 88. (sighs) Crocodile Dundee 3 came out in 2001. (sighs) And that was Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. That's right. All right. Well, check out that Paul Paul Hogan vehicle uh, next week. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say bon appetit to you. I'll have some more bon appetit. Senor? Senor, more bon appetit. And remember, folks, the sequel is king.